The San Jose Barracuda lose a heartbreaker in overtime to the Coachella Valley Firebirds. It's Ian Reed. It's Kevin Lacey. It's Barracuda after dark after, I don't know, what a million year hiatus it feels like. Uh, let's get this rolling. But as always, if you want to be part of the show, be sure to hit us up on all the social media platforms. And, you know, you know the drill by now. Let's not get too, uh, this is Barracuda After Dark, man. We don't want to be all proper here. Let's get the show rolling. It's me. It's Kevin Lacey. Kevin, how you doing? audio on kevin what is going on here give me a second i'm gonna fix this apparently you have no no we're live we just you just have no audio okay i should don't have you tell me now. don't tell me that the ones who were uh managing the scoreboard at the coachella valley's arena are now uh giving us technical problems with the video because I, I just, uh i think ndi is just broken i'm, I'm gonna have to yeah. mess with it uh, at some point, because that's the second time this has happened. I didn't think it would happen with with your stream, because I have bars. I just I had no audio. But yeah, so Kevin was saying before he was uh, so rudely not heard. Oh, they couldn't. They couldn't hear you. Hear me. I know. <laughs> Brutal. Um, Dark. But, yeah. So obviously, uh, I had to reel Kevin in because uh, we haven't done one of these in I don't know how long. It feels like forever. Um, I feel bad. You know, it's it's sad though because like. I'm happy we're doing it because it's always fun to do these, but like it just, when I was putting it together, I'm like, man, I miss Zach. Zach Amon, our guy, Zach, <laughs> our guy, Zach Amon. Yes. Him too. No, uh. <laughs> obviously Zach divine. Um, cause I remember we used to do these all the time with him and, and jerk as well. Uh, I know jerk's probably lurking in the chat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was an interesting game, uh, against the Coachella Valley firebirds. Um, Overall thoughts. Overall thoughts is this is this had to be the best performance that the Barracuda have uh, put up against Coachella Valley. I tweeted it out earlier that Coachella Valley came into the night with the third best record in the league. The Barracuda came into the night with the third lowest record in the league. Uh, so to come out and put this performance up, unfortunately, an overtime loss, as we'll we'll get to. But uh, real strong showing here. I mean, gave up over 40 shots, and yet I feel pretty happy with how the team played anyway tonight. How about you, Ian? Yeah, I, I was really into this. Like, I got a little upset, obviously, when I think the, the Firebirds won up 2-1, but then Thomas Bortolo came back, scores immediately, and I'm, like, right back in this. And then Jeff L scores, and I'm super into it and look at it's it's been a it's been an emotional weekend first you have the marlow retirement which definitely you know made you feel things and then obviously as you alluded to 
before we could hear you, um, Timo Meyer got traded. Uh, so, you know, we oh, had to. Timo do... Meyer got traded? What? <laughs> what? Uh, you know, Timo Meyer gets traded, and obviously that was, um, I think, I think we all felt it was coming, but it's still a gut punch. Um, I, I think, you know, I'm still pretty bummed out about the return. Um, so yeah, man, I like, I just, I needed so bad for something to just cheer about. And tonight the Barracuda absolutely gave me that. Yeah. The team, the team performed very, very well. I mean, the Barracuda, unfortunately, I have to say have not beaten the expansion Coachella Valley Firebirds this entire season. They are now, for all intents and purposes, 0-6. I believe it's 0-4-2. And, And, uh, you know, still no wins. But uh, And a couple of those games were lopsided. I believe we've been shut out twice by Coachella Valley. And then the very first game was an 8-3 loss that, uh, thankfully, I was too sick to attend. Uh, So, you know, the lot of games... Getting into, I think, shootout was shootout the last one. And then uh, this one, uh, a highly entertaining game. Um, I think what has changed, and I will ask you, kind of propose this as a question. My feeling is the Barracuda have gotten tired of getting pushed around by Coachella Valley. They play, the Firebirds play very physical. They're in your face after every whistle trying to start something. Look, Look at what happened. When the when the Barracuda regained the lead at three to two, Coachella Valley went back to kind of mucking it up, trying yeah. to start scraps. Hit Nick Chichuk in the head. Hit our uh, 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 Derek Pouliot from behind, like starting to just get them off their game. Because we've talked about so much this season how the Barracuda are one of the least disciplined, probably the least disciplined team in the league, whether it's stats or not. They really know how unraveled but they really held their composure tonight they got tough instead of getting whiny and doing a retaliatory thing Mm -hmm. they got tough in this game and so i really appreciated everyone just just digging in when you got a guy like nikita ohotiuk coming in via this timo meyer trade you're gonna get tough right there so uh you know don't let him be the only tough guy on this team uh, and as I've also mentioned, I know it's getting long-winded, but as I've also mentioned, the smallest players on this team, like William Eklund, Andrew Agatzino, Daniel Gushin, be the only guys bringing the force. So uh, I thought everyone uh, really, really stepped it up tonight. Great performance. Unfortunately, it was a loss, though. But yeah. um, how, what, do you, what do you think changed in this particular game, Ian, that you know was for the better? I don't think I see. And the thing is, I don't think it started this game. I think the Barracuda have started playing like they've really, to, in my opinion, have started playing their best hockey over the last two or three, maybe even four games. Um, even even that loss, like the the last game they played, we talked, we were talking about this off stream, but like even the game against um, what I think it was Ontario, like Ontario, the final score yeah, obviously was was awful but i don't think that game was a 6-1 loss like the game itself like if you look at that score i think you look at that and go oh well they they just got waxed and they went back to being bad but i don't think that game was as bad as the score would indicate it was 
like the, don't get me wrong they, they didn't finish strong and i think they unraveled a little bit at the end of the game but for the most part in that game i thought they held their own and i thought they were in it um but the final score was obviously not great well, well you you're 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 kind of bang on about the trend though even with even I mean, I don't know. I didn't think the last game was all that great. But you look at the four games before that. Mm-hmm. Number one team, Calgary, they take it to a shootout. They come from behind down 3-1 and take it to a shootout. Uh, then they beat Ontario in overtime. They beat Abbotsford very convincingly twice in Abbotsford. Yeah. And then the Ontario game. So, yeah, no, they are definitely coming around. That's what you – I said it at the start of the season – the Sharks and the Barracuda can stink as much as they want at the start of the season, but you hope they figure it out by the by the middle so that they're finishing strong. And that's how a, a team that's the build uh, needs to move forward. And so it's nice to see them catch this hot, you know, get hot anyway uh, right mm. now. And you hope with a whole bunch of home games coming up here in March, you hope that continues, uh, you know, to to kind of get the fan base excited maybe about playoffs i i mean seven teams make it in the pacific so i mean there's that like i i know it's funny right because it's like yeah let's go playoffs and it's like they're gonna get waxed by Coachella in like two games but but i mean you know i you need something to cheer for at this point with this team with everything that's gone on and look at i have not been a big fan of Mike Greer's tenure so far as the GM of the San Jose Sharks. But the moves they've made for the CUDA so far have super paid off. Martin Kaut coming in has been definitely a huge upgrade over what they were getting from Merkley. Chris Cole has been amazing. I think seven points in nine games for Martin Kaut. Yeah. Um, Chris Colo has been just a revelation for, for a guy that was just kind of brought in with whether be going the other way, like, it, you know, again, like if you're not like us, you kind of get in the weeds on the Barracuda, um, like these aren't trades that you would even think about long after they were done. But for the Barracuda, like these moves have been huge. Yeah. Remember, remember we're pretty puzzled when the Sharks traded 25-year-old Jasper Weatherby for 30-year-old Kyle Criscuolo, who I wasn't aware was even on an NHL contract at the no, time. I thought he was on an AHL. And I love Kyle Criscuolo. I've loved that guy since he was on Grand Rapids from the start. Um, but And shout out to his dad, Coach Bob, by the way, friend of the show. Uh, but yeah, Kyle Criscuolo has been fantastic. He started off the scoring tonight with his seventh goal of the seventh goal with the barracuda i believe it was right. his 11th goal of the season 12th goal of the season goal, yeah um and agazino leading the charge with 25 assists there as well so nice to see the veterans paving the way because you know what you're talking about mike greer shoring up the barracuda roster throughout this season you got to have the veterans leading the way, paving the way for the young players like Bordalo, Eklund, Gustin, Robbins, etc. Uh, so develop a winning culture by the time they get promoted up to the Sharks. Yeah, a hundred percent. A big bird asking in the chat, and I'll, I, I think it's a good time to answer this question. He says, uh, 
I don't have my YouTube thing working, so I can't put it on the screen. I apologize. Um, do you think the Cuda are developing players fast enough to enter the big show? And once they are sharks, are they bringing out the player potential fast enough? I think that the... I'll answer this first and I'll say what you think about this. I think that the Sharks have, the, the Barracuda have done a good job of putting guys in positions to succeed for the most part. Um, like obviously guys like William Eklund, who I think has been a revelation in the second half of the season. Thomas Bartolo has been kind of good a lot, but these guys have been constantly put in positions that you want to see players of their caliber put in to continue developing their game. Look at Daniil Gushin, Ian. Gushin, like Daniil one. Gushin, a player who I was, I, I know, I think you've been pretty bullish on Mark Eisenberg. Definitely been bullish on him. I tempered my expectations, and at I the start really, of the season, I yeah. felt like I was pretty justified. I felt like he, Daniil Gushin, was reminding me a lot of a much younger Jaden Hobgawax, mm. always staying to the perimeter, held on to the puck way too long, got shoved off the puck, just not, you know, being feisty but not really doing a whole lot. Then he started scoring some goals. Then some of the rest game uh, for checking defensive play, really knowing where to open himself up uh, in, in the offensive zone. Mm -hmm. You start to see he is he is a force uh, like very consistently. I don't want to say every time, but he's a consistent force out there in the offensive zone. And he almost won the game with about maybe 90 seconds left. He danced right through one of the Firebird defensemen and went on a breakaway and nearly nearly beat Chris Dreger, who's playing his first game tonight uh, after that ACL injury. So uh, Daniil Gushin, you know, is absolutely that one of the players like what the chat's talking about, where I don't know if I'm ready, and Mike Greer certainly doesn't seem ready, to call up players, uh, and you know, but I think Gushin's a guy who is doing everything he can to show, look how far I've developed from start to finish. Put me in the lineup next season. It might be still too early for my taste, but he's making a strong case. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was really bullish on Gushin at the start of the season. I think he was a guy that I don't think people were talking about enough before the season started. Um, I think now, obviously, he's he's done very well for himself. He's really come on Um in, especially in the second half of the year. I agree. You know, early on in the season, my concern with him was he tried to do too much. Just on his own, right? It would like you could put him and Eklund on the ice and you would think, okay, these guys should be amazing together. And neither one would like wanted to give the other the puck um, yeah, early 100, on. 100%. I mean, Hobgawaks would never pass the puck. He'd right. skate around and skate around and skate around. And sometimes he'd skate around because none of his teammates would be there. <laughs> it's like, where are you guys? And that's what Gustian was doing at the start of the season. But he's yeah. found some wonderful chemistry with Zeno and William Eklund. And obviously, they're going to be like, you know, besides Bordalo, mm -hmm. the two stars of this team. So, it, it, you know, you can say, well... You know, he's the third complimentary piece to that. But I mean, he's he's holding his own for sure. Yeah, 100 percent. Like, I'm very happy with the top line and Thomas Bordalo as well, as I as I just mentioned, scored his 20th goal tonight, Ian. Yep. Um, I mean, Thomas Bordalo, 
I've been a big I've been big on Bartolo. I think most of the season, I always felt like every time, like now, I think now, if you ask me who to call up, like I would have a hard time. You said you can only call up one between Bartolo and Eklund. I would have a hard time deciding who the Sharks should call up. But for yeah. a long stretch of the season, it was Bartolo, and it wasn't even a. I didn't even have to think about it very long. I think now yeah. I'd have to have serious thoughts if you said, okay, Mike Greer called Ian up and because he would never do that. But let's just, you know, for imagine Mike Greer calls Ian up and says, Ian, I have to call someone up. Who do I call up? Now, obviously Mike Greer would never call me for anything and that's fine. But yeah, there was, there was a long time where it was Bortolo and it wasn't even close. Now between him and, and Eklund, ah, man, oof, that's a toughie. I, and I'd probably lean Eklund at this point. Yeah, and and we mentioned when we had Nick on one of the previous times, uh, you know, it wasn't that William Eklund had a bad start to the season, just was fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he was doing all right. He was kind of re-initializing his game, I guess. Let's not forget, William Eklund was a player who scored zero goals until, I think, early March yeah. last year when he finally got one with Jurgarden. So uh, Eklund was kind of recalibrating, I think, at the start of the season. Obviously, he had the great rookie face-off tournament, but uh, that, that's going rookies. And then now it's like, okay, back to playing pros again. And for guys like Gustian and Robbins, this was, for all intents and purposes, their first real experience against that. So um, I think that we're starting to really see Ackland, Bortolo, Gushin jump up. Mm -hmm. Robbins is trending down for me. And Reedy was hurt and has yeah. struggled this season. I think Brandon Coe, like... who I don't think is hurt, but no, he, he has a, had a he tough a, time too. I can't remember if Nick said he was a healthy scratch night or, or not. Um, I can't remember. Um, Tristan Robbins, I think, is a guy to me, like, we've talked about this on previous shows a lot about the rookie wall. And and Tristan Robbins yeah. is a guy where I just wonder if, if that's what's going on there. Brandon Coe, to an extent, uh, to that too. A guy who hasn't, or has, like, found his way, his who's really impressed me of late and hasn't really hit that wall. Ozzy Weisblatt has been really good since he started drawing into the lineup more regularly. Like, I liked his game a lot tonight i mean i think you know like his game i know a lot of people look at ozzy weisblatt and they th they go first round pick but to me like this guy is just going to i think he has like he's gonna have some scoring touch in the nhl but that's not going to be his game but man does he get under people's skin so easily yeah, so look at Matt tennyson i feel like matt tennyson has led the charge for i'm going to start a fight every play stoppage I can mm -hmm. and it seems like he always goes after Weisblatt and I think Weisblatt's actually done a pretty good job uh, when he has drawn into the lineup because other teams have done this as well I think he's done a pretty good job of keeping his composure yeah. um, and, and, and kind of keeping it in between the whistles so yeah he's definitely a sandpaper guy it's been frustrating for me and I've seen the questions just uh, the the abundant questions on social media about why isn't Ozzy Weisbat playing? And mm. I can't answer it for you. I don't think any of us have that no. answer except John McCarthy. 
But, uh, you know, Weisblatt has performed admirably. Uh, a game like tonight was his style of game. And, yeah, uh, yeah I've been I've, I've been pretty happy with that. Um, kind of getting back to Big Bird's question there mm-hmm. about um, are they bringing out players fast enough? We're talking about these players we like, but are they yeah. bringing out players fast enough? I don't know why we need to rush anyone is my that's my take on it yeah um i mean i there's points in the season where i thought like when certain people went down like it just to me it made more sense like to try and fill someone who actually plays that role instead of being like hey um you know mr not scoring bottom six guy you 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 get to play with Logan Couture tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think there's been situations yeah. there where it's kind of annoyed me a little bit. Um, but the Sharks, look, they came into the season with the plan and they've followed through with it. For better or worse, they've, they've followed through with their plan. And I think they're, the important thing was making sure that guys like Eklund and Waterloo were playing on the Barracuda, getting all the minutes. Now, do you have to agree with that? No, of course you don't have to agree with that, with that method. But they were pretty honest coming into the season how this season was going to go. And even if they weren't, you could look into the, you could look into the way they, they handled the offseason. And obviously the writing was on the wall here for how, you know, guys were just not going to get to come up. So, you know, obviously you can get frustrated because obviously they've had to call guys up and it's been basically CJ Cease, who I like. And I don't want to feel like I'm beating up on CJ Cease here, but like CJ Cease, this isn't the future of this team. Um, you know, and Nick Cichek, who I, again, I, I, I like Nick Cichek. I'm sure he's a swell dude. But... I, I actually thought Nick Cichek played his best game tonight in yeah. months. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So like I, I so I understand the frustration from that point, because obviously I think if you you can't take anything the Sharks do at face value <laughs> this year. Um, and like it, and I think most people kno- yeah. knew the score, right? Like they knew that obviously people that are in the know know who the who the prospects are that yeah. are interesting, right? Like we're not fooling anyone by thinking, oh, you know, Nick Seachek's actually really good. Better than William Eklund even like no one. No one thinks that. <laughs> Um, but I can understand, like, I can definitely understand the frustration from fans who would rather see guys who, you know, and again, I, I, I don't want to beat up on, on CJC's here. I like CJC's, but he's not William Eklund, right? Like, that's just, those are just the facts as they are. Yeah. Yeah. CJC's has, uh, str- I mean, I think CJC's brings a lot of intangibles that just yeah, don't definitely. go on the score sheet but you know you especially but we all like saying eh, he's a guy from the guy factory correct and cjc definitely is that uh he's got his leadership quality he's uh, he's brings a ton of hustle a ton of speed he can win faceoffs although he's spent almost all season at left wing mm-hmm. um, when Weatherby was the center and then when Chris Quolo became the center. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if anyone's going to be the punching bag for me, it's going to be Max Verano, who was rumored last yeah. night to have been traded, but that did not end up happening. He didn't play tonight, though. Um, but, yeah, Max Verano just has not adjusted at 
season in the SHL last year, but it just hasn't worked out. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. And that's, uh, that's, that's, that's the thing, right? I think, like, I, I think it was a good swing for the Barracuda because those oh, guys always get no contracts, doubt. right? Yeah, no doubt. But yeah. Um, Jerry um, in the chat, just want to hit the super chat here again. I, I apologize. I didn't set up the YouTube thing, so, uh, I can't bring it up on the screen, but Jerry, $5 super chat. Thanks guys for doing this. Oh, after thanks, Jerry. I almost watch all of the games. So this is really enjoyable. I wish we could do it more. It's just a schedule and, you know, trying to, trying to find time to do this and then like also have a family, you know? Um, that yeah. doesn't want to throw me out in the snow. We've been wanting to do this show for a while. Yeah. And so it just happened that we both really enjoyed the game tonight. We both were available and said, let's do it live. So that's what well, we're happy that you guys can join us and, and, and send in questions and thoughts and everything. And I, there, I still want to get to, we haven't, we're not ignoring you. We'll, we'll get to them. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch up on the third goal score tonight. Sure. Because after the Barracuda did go down two to one, uh, obviously, we already mentioned Bordalo. What a laser right past the ear of <sighs> yeah. Chris Treger in double coverage, too. So you want to talk about, you know, Thomas Bordalo, uh, you know, getting prepared for an eventual NHL call up, whether that's at the end of this season or next season, like to plays that he's you know he's going to get covered he's going to get double covered in the nhl so you got to prove it at the ahl what a goal but then jeff Fiel with the nice hands boy jeff with the the breakaway goal beat dreger five hole i want to ask you mm-hmm. and everyone you know you know does jeff Fiel have a role with this team next year and or, or with the organization next year obviously he brings fighting element there and he he gets on these hot streaks like right now he's got six points in the last four games he's been you know putting putting it all together here but he's got those stupid slashes you know after the whistle and stuff and and he hasn't been called up to the sharks this season that i recall that i can recall so does jeff vl have a role down the line so Jeff Fiel to me is the most frustrating player on this team because he shows that he can score in this league. He he has offensive talent in this league, but he has been like, there's just been so many situations where it's like, Jeff Fiel scores, yay! And Jeff Fiel immediately goes to the box. <laughs> right? And so, so to me, he's he's a frustrating guy, but this is a guy who has always you know he was the captain of his memorial cup winning junior team that's um, right he's he wears a letter on the barracuda like i he's one of those glue guys that i think they probably would like to keep around do i think jeff Fiel, like i he's always going to be a fringe guy to me though like he's he's going to be sure. a guy who might sneak into the nhl on a not great team which okay last year i think the sharks were Um, but I think he is a guy who could definitely carve himself out a nice career in the AHL. And I think that if I, I, I do, do do I think he has a future at the Sharks specifically? No, but could he be a guy who maybe sticks around on the Barracuda? Um, or, you know, just sticks around in the AHL on, you know, on a, I, I think he's a guy who you, you sign to a league minimum to a deal sure 
Um, and he kind of just carves out his niche there. Um, yeah. But to me, he's he's such a frustrating player. Like because there's been times where tonight, where obviously I'm super happy, but there has been times where I wanted to push Jeff Biel through a wall. <laughs> and I, not that that would work. Like Jeff Biel would destroy Ian because Ian's not a very big dude. So I yeah, try to I, push him I, through a wall, I, and he would be like, "No," and then I would die. And I was going to say that I would rather have Jeff Viel than Pat McGrath. And that's no offense to Pat McGrath because Pat McGrath would kill me uh, with his pinky. Um, (laughs) But uh, I do think that Jeff Viel has, you know, obviously Pat McGrath was traded in the Weatherby blow deal um, and uh, didn't have a role with this team. Viel does. So I I like where you went with that. I just I was I was curious because he's a guy that. I just think if the Sharks are looking at trying to open up roster spots, obviously mm-hmm. with trade, Tibor Ibrahimov and our guy, Zach Amond, were, guy. were sent packing. And uh, that opened up a couple of roster spots potentially for college free agents or draft picks. Um, someone on Twitter, and I can't remember, but I apologize, uh, said, hey, um, well, you got – some of the junior players coming coming out, Ethan Cardwell, for example. Yep. Um, you know, we got to open up some spots there as well. So um, that's a good call there. I don't think the Sharks or the Barracuda are done with their roster management, um, but I like where the Barracuda are right now, um, trying to claw their way back into a playoff spot. Because more than anything, I always say, yeah, um... our NHL team does not make the. What's up? No, I was going to say, Puck, I uh, asked, do we potentially see Ozzy come up if some of the Sharks depth guys get moved by Friday? Uh, it just seems mm-hmm. like a sandpaper guy. I don't know. No. Um, and that's not, that's nothing against Ozzy. I just don't think that there's, there's no reason to bring him up right now. Um, I think he's doing fine on the Barracuda. Um, he's, you know, but but even on the Barracuda, like he's he's starting to draw into the lineup more regularly now. But for a long time this season, yeah. man, Ozzy Weisblatt went few games and far between with getting any ice time. I just don't think it it makes sense based on his development curve right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, just finishing my thought. More Sorry, than yeah. anything, yeah. If the Sharks are not going to the playoffs and Contrary to what some might believe, going to the playoffs this year, your AHL team must always make the playoffs if your NHL team does not. That's my personal opinion because you 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 have to be building upwards in some organizational capacity. So I think more than anything, uh, we're going to see more more players get brought in. Some of these trades might be a little quizzical, but it's all about giving these players a winning attitude, the young players, especially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look at, um, um sorry, I have one more young player. Yeah. Go, yeah ahead. go ahead. No, 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 go, no, no, go ahead. I, I have nothing. Go. I have one more young player. I want to ask you about, because I sure. feel like we always overlook this player whenever we do shows with Nick or, okay. or like tonight so far, Artemi Kenyatsev, like the forgotten defensive prospect, Artemi Kenyatsev, I, I I think the last time I was on, which was months ago, mm-hmm. I said if Artemi Kenyatsev can make the same stride from last season to this season, 
uh, sorry, from this season to next season, as he did from last season to this season, he'll be back on his prospect trajectory that I think we all hoped. But a turnover like tonight to allow the Firebirds to tie up the game. I mean, just going into the corner nonchalant, waiting for Ty Cartier to come in, strip him of the puck. And then, I mean, Aaron Dell was phenomenal tonight, Ian. Yes. And absolutely did not deserve the goal against that he had because Artemi Kenyatsev very much made a Ryan Merkley play. Like, go check out the Teal Town USA Twitter for the GIF because you always want to, you always ask me, pe- people always ask me why I dog Ryan Merkley so much. The play that Artemi Kenyatsev made tonight, Ryan Merkley would make. 15 times every single game and turn the puck o- over every time that that's a play that cannot make and he'll learn, but cannot make it. Um, what are your thoughts about Kenyatta? Um, I don't, he's fine. I don't think very much. Okay. Of him. I don't think there's a ton of upsides there. I don't think he's an NHL defenseman at any point. Okay. Um, I think he's fine. I think that it just shows like the, the fact that he's in the role he is in just shows how barren the sharks are in defensive prospects, which obviously this is something that Mike Greer is trying to address. Now, is he addressing it well or not? You can make those arguments, right? But, um, I I don't think much of him. I think that if if this team had decent defensive prospects that were currently able to play in the AHL, I don't think we're talking about him at all. That's fair. That's fair. Because I think I did before training camp. I think I actually had him listed as the seventh D man on the chart. Now uh, between injuries, trades, etc., and I think you know general improvement that he's made over last season. Uh, he's definitely um, moved his way back up into the top four. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, is he a top four most other places? Again, uh, this is a team that is third to last in the AHL standing. So right. you got to you gotta look at it somewhere. Um, and I think this is a good time to – I'll let you propose uh, the topic here. But um, I know you really wanted to discuss – the good, the, the the yin and the yang about the rest of this season, right? Um, and and so you got to point point the fault somewhere. And I'm going to start off with it's still the defense. The defense is still porous. Yeah. I think they're loads better than they were last season. Um, but still, I mean that's, I mean that's 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 basing it on a blank potentially because. There was, there was nothing to paint about the Barracuda defense last year. This year, right. I think it's better, but still. Um, but it's still, I that, mean, that's... it's still duct taped together. Yeah. Like, and like, and again, I don't want to, like, I don't want to pick on guys. Like, and this isn't, you know, and this really isn't their fault. Like, obviously, Satori Hataka is now a member of the New Jersey Devils organization. But like, you know, once he went down early in the season and hasn't been back since, like, you know, so you had to bring in like your Brady's and your Rydell's and, you know, and look at, I think, I think those guys have come in and have done an admirable job given the the situation. Yeah. Like, I don't want to yeah. bag on these guys because these guys are trying to find their way to, to, to have a professional career. 
Um, and I think they've done the most with the opportunity given the ability of the players, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think especially that's... in Brady's Brent... case, earned the contract that he's gotten. I don't I don't think there's an NHL defenseman there, but at the start of the season when he first got on his tryout, I didn't think there was an AHL defenseman <laughs> right. there. So, I mean, he, you know, again, another player who's, you know, stepping his way up. Jake Middleton was a tryout player at yeah. one time. And, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, like, I'm not going to beat ahead. up I'll on the um, Anthony Gonzalez is like, well, we have a Nikita... Uh, I... Otiak, is that the Ohochuk? Ohochuk. Our team, uh, Guryov Bash Brothers, pairing next season with the Barracuda, we could. <laughs> we most certainly could. I don't think our our team uh, Guryov gets a contract. You don't think so, eh? No, I I I, I think his uh, foot speed is really well. Not even foot speed, just overall skating ability is not there. And uh, I mean. Sure, if you want a, another defenseman who takes too many penalties, you can bring Gurriev in. Yeah, um, heck I of a shot. I haven't seen a ton of his but... junior games, so I don't want to like. I don't want to like act like I'm a super expert on this player. Yeah, yeah, same, same. same what yeah. limited I have seen of him, I, yeah, I, I haven't really been impressed. I, I, I honestly, I find like he's kind of he's he's cheap, man. Like he is a. He, he's nasty in all the wrong ways, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree with that. And, you know, Gannon LaRock's going to be coming in next mm-hmm. season. And maybe Evgeny Kav, another, another forgotten Russian defensive prospect that we have. Uh, right. You know, I don't I don't I just don't see the room, if anything, about Guryev, But. Yeah, not yeah, enough there for I, me. I, like, and I, I, like, I haven't watched enough of him to be like, this is my expert opinion on this prospect. Um, yeah. None of my opinions are expert opinions, for the record. Um, but, yeah, like, anything I have seen of him in any, like, any time, like, it seems like people are talking about on Twitter, they talk about how he's just a coward who takes cheap shots all the time. Like, I don't, I don't know. Not a... Not a, yeah. not a, not not someone I'm super looking forward to. Another player that could um, <laughs> also show up this blue line though. Once Macamadulin is done in the KHL, he is apparently coming back to North America. Uh, so that's yep. a potential guy that we could see um, slot in on the Barracuda as they run down the stretch run, which which is kind of where I want to go because the Barracuda okay. have 20 games left uh, in their okay. season, and obviously yeah. look at. Like we're, we're talking about playoffs, obviously, but I think, you know, it's, it's very important that we talk about, you know, like, like you said, this is, this is not a good team. This team, if they make the playoffs, will make the playoffs because seven teams out of the, what is it? 10 teams in the Pacific division yeah, make the playoffs. They'll play a best of three against the second seeded team. Um, I mean, you know, like any, look at anything can happen in the playoffs. We, we know this, um, uh, Especially in the AHL, because obviously, look at you. The AHL is the team that serves at the behest of the NHL. So if the NHL needs your top player, guess what? The, the you know? Kraken could have a rash of injuries, and then all of a sudden, the Barracuda sweep the Firebirds in the playoffs. You right. never know. You know, like, could happen. I'm not saying it will happen. Could happen. Kevin, in your opinion, and well, I want like both the the because we said like the yin and the yang, right? So, in your opinion, why do the Barracuda make the playoffs? Um, well, I mean, statistically, right now, uh, the Barracuda 
points out of a playoff spot, but they do have two games in hand against Tucson and yeah. a game against the, the games that they've recently shown against uh, Calgary, Coachella, and uh, the 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 first the overtime win against Ontario. Um, obviously, all ahead of them in the standings, but and, and even Abbotsford too, because Calgary, mm-hmm. Coachella Valley, Abbotsford, top three teams in the division. Like the Barracuda have shown that they can hang with this team when when they're playing good hockey and not making dumb mistakes like Kenyatsev's turnover tonight. Um, the Barracuda look like the team that started the season four and zero, but when they don't have their heads in the game or they take themselves out of the game, like repeatedly what we've seen this season in matchups against Tucson and Abbotsford, particularly uh, the the Barracuda just shoots themselves in the foot um, because they're, they're penalty killing despite what said earlier about the defense, their penalty killing is pretty strong. They -hmm. just have a problem of always being on the penalty kill. Um, if you see an uptick in scoring, especially if Tristan Robbins can kind of get over that that rookie midseason hump uh, and provide more offense, maybe Mike Greer brings in another veteran uh, def- uh, forward. Boy, it kills me that Henderson got Jamel Smith because Jamel mm-hmm. Smith would be amazing on this team. And, uh, you know, that's Henderson's push to try and get back into the playoffs right there. Um, but if if they can get a little bit more scoring, because outside of McAniemi's shootouts, I'm fine with the goaltending. I've got no problem with all three of the goaltenders that we have. Aaron Dell, again, was amazing tonight. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, the Barracuda can definitely recover those five points with a lot of home wins and a little bit better scoring, a little bit, you know, tightening up the gaps. Yeah. So my the reason why I think the Barracuda make the playoffs is is the team that they are chasing for the most part. They're they're chasing two teams, but they have to beat one of them, obviously. So when I mm-hmm. look at the Bakersfield Condors, is the team that I look at. The Bakersfield Condors and the San Jose Barracuda play four more games before the season. Mm. That's an eight point swing. If they can take care of business in those four games, they can kind of control their own destiny. So that's a great call to me. And like, actually, that's that's actually, the key. only one game. They have only one game against a top three division team in the month of March. Just FYI. Correct. To further your point. Yeah. Like their schedule. I don't think their schedule is fantastic. Um, like they're going to have to play. They're going to travel to Texas. I'm curious. To, I haven't really seen much of the Texas Stars, so I'm not sure how they are. Division lead, central division leaders. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, another game against Coachella. We've got a couple of games. You know, you got. I think you have a game against the Rain left. I, you know, but there's also a couple of games against the San Diego Goals and the Henderson Silver Knights. So, um, and the Colorado Eagles. So, like, I, I look at this. I look at them, and I think the Condors have gone on to a run, but. If the if the Oilers are gonna do anything, and this is the other part of this too, it's like one you have the you have the eight point swing potential there, and also if the Edmonton Oilers are going to do anything, there's probably gonna be subtractions from that Condors team, which can yeah. only help the Barracuda. Actually, that's a, that's a great call. That kind of goes back to Race Fan Rocks's. Uh... Uh, uh, question earlier about can the Barracuda slide into that seventh playoff spot like that that right there might dictate 
the whole rest of the season. Mm-hmm. The rest of the trades, the, pl- the the players that the Sharks probably bring in for the Barracuda, and the players that probably get shipped out of Bakersfield. That's a that's a great point. Yeah, and and like I said, eight point swing. Like the the Barracuda kind of control their own destiny. If they don't take care of business in those four games, though, then they're in trouble. Um, why, in your opinion, do the Barracuda miss the playoffs? Games like the last five minutes tonight. Yeah, I thought the Barracuda really took it to Coachella Valley. But then in the third period, I think they kind of fell into a lull. They, they There weren't any glaring mistakes until the third goal, but they kind of just sat. And when this team settles, they start kind of just fading out. And then and, and this this team needs to be exciting. This team absolutely needs to be exciting. They they can't win the the, the dull, boring games um, because they just don't have the defensive prowess, in my opinion, to hold the fort. Um, we saw it tonight. I've already said it like four times. Yeah. Uh, but like Aaron Dell, I think he had the opportunity to game but then the defense let him down and these type of performances Strauss man Strauss man not being the biggest goalie he needs to be able to challenge his angles and when the defense is constantly backpedaling uh Strauss man has to get deep in net and he falters uh a2 a2 Makiniemi has I think been pretty good through throughout the season but still uh, struggles in overtime shootout. <laughs> yeah, I could not win. A so, shootout. I, I overall, I think the goaltending's been fine. Um, the goaltending can be good, if not great, if the defense is better. Um, and if the defense is better, the breakouts are a lot cleaner for the for the Barracuda forwards. So, yeah, all in all, um, I think it starts from the back end, and I think that. If the back, I I think they're the breaking point with this team. Now it's going to be really interesting for me to see how Ahotiuk and if Muhammadulin does get some games in, how they will change the dynamic here of the of the blue line. I wouldn't be surprised if another blue liner comes in, Um, because you can only rely on Patrick Seeloff so much. Who's been fine, but. yeah, that that's my breaking. My 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 yang is the defense. What about you, Ian? So mine is that this team is their own worst enemy. And unfortunately, the players that John McCarthy needs to rely on to be a positive aspect on the game, your Jeff Biel's, um CJC's, CJC's, uh even even Johnson to a lesser extent are guys that can that will also hurt you the most I feel like in 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 the game and that's I think the thing like that kills me is again because like you said it goes back to the defense and the defense is under even more pressure when you're constantly down a man because you're constantly shooting yourself in the foot with just stupid penalties um yeah. and it's and- I, I think it's John McCarthy I I don't look at I don't think John McCarthy's done a amazing job this year I think he's there's definitely look he's a rookie head coach i don't want to be too ridiculously hyperbolic on him but have i liked john mccarthy so far not particularly because i think that guy like 
there's been times where he's like, yeah, we got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. If only I could do something about it. Well, you can. You control the ice time. It is hard. You got a rookie head coach and a rookie assistant coach in yeah. Cal Hagel. And so when you got a whole bunch of rookies in your lineup as well, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, you know. Yeah, and it is a young team, and I, and I get that. But it's like sometimes like when he's like, I don't know how we fix it. It's like, you're the coach. You control the ice time. If if Jeff Yell wants to go and take a penalty after scoring a goal, you don't have to put him back on the ice. Maybe yeah, he gets the using, message. I don't think you're he's using my own words particularly for Peter. Well either. What was that? I I don't think he's used his timeouts particularly well either. Oh no, no no yeah that's that's been my big gripe is using his timeouts to calm down the the folks. It just hasn't happened. The, <laughs> the folks, the the, folks. <laughs> the, the team, the <laughs> folks. Zach Amond is our guy, and uh, the Barracuda roster are called the folks. The folks. That's going to be the new set of the battery next season. It's going to yeah. be the folks jersey. So, <laughs> anyway, oh geez. Um, uh, shoot, and now I lost my train of thought there. Um, oh, it was going to be Nikolai Kanishov. Another thing with the blue line. Mm-hmm. We don't know how much longer Nikolai Konishov is going to be on the Barracuda, um, as well, he, you know, I you think he that. needs more. I think he needs more time, mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised at all if he does get called up, and then that's one more solid defenseman that the Barracuda have lost. Yeah, I, I look at. I think he's obviously it's hard to get to, especially a guy who hasn't played real games in almost two years. I, it's hard to get into to come into the season the way he did and get to like mid season tempo. Um, so I think he's, he's struggled a little bit here and there, but I think he's, yeah, he, he seems to be picking it up quickly. I hope. And I, I, I have high hopes that, you know, he'll be able to do something, you know, next season. It'll be interesting though, because again, you know, like his cachet, like his thing was with Bob Bugner. Um, you know, he hasn't really been able to show Quinn too much yet. And then, so I always get nervous that like Quinn might just be like, well, I have my guys. Sorry, kid. Well, for uh, Nikolai Kanishov's credit, he did heal up at the right time because yeah. Santori Hataka and got shipped out. That's <laughs> so, true. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think that what what is your take on that on Santri Haktika? I mean, he's kind of like I feel like with Mike Greer, he's an unknown quantity quality quantity mm-hmm. because I mean, even last season, I felt like Haktika could not play more than two games in a row without getting hurt, and he's only played eight games this season. So I feel like Mike Greer really never got to see him and was do you too quick to ship him out? Um, maybe this is one of those things where maybe it comes back and bites you. It's so hard because the Devils have so many defensive prospects, right? So I, I think he's, he's going to be, he's going to have a tough, like if, if they keep him around in New Jersey, he's got a tough path ahead of him because the Devils are flush with defensive prospects. Hadika, there's a lot of things about Hadika's game I like. I think when early on in the season, you could tell when he wasn't in the lineup, especially after Derek Pouliot went down. Um, we've talked about this off air where I think, yeah. you know, he's a guy, he's a guy who makes a good first pass. He's a decent, he's a decent, you know, transition skater. Um, 
I'm, but I don't know if there's an NHL player there. Like there might be. And, but, and again, you know, how much have we seen? It seems like we, we didn't get to see enough of him. I like the player, but I'm not sure there's an NHL player there to be completely honest. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with that assessment. So I just wanted to kind of throw it out there for anyone who, who does, you know, obviously there are a lot of questions about the trade from last night. So yeah. kind of want to cover some of the lesser known aspects of it, like Hataka coming in in the, the 11th hour and being traded to New Jersey. Uh, so it's funny that Max Verano might have been the player to hold the whole thing up. It's Max Verano's fault. He's forever going to be dead to me for that. Really? You think it, it was Max Verano? I was actually that's thinking it rumors. was Hataka. No, that's the rumor. It was Max Verano. both hurt was, and um, out for the season. That <laughs> Verano was. Huh, okay. That's the that now that's a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, before we get to before we kind of start getting to the to the wrapping up here, I mean, yeah, yeah I don't know. Is, is there any other aspect of that trade where like I feel like maybe didn't get enough coverage yesterday? Because I know the whole trade kind of came up after we went off the air. Because that's of course how it went. Um, I'm trying to think of any other aspects. I think like Ibrahimov, like. You know, he's the guy who's been in the CHL. Uh, Zachary Amon, um, unfortunately, has a hip injury, but I don't think he was a particularly good goalie when he was healthy. Um, and I know Jason Malls, the voice of the Wichita Thunder, was kind of like, hey, we only have nine forwards now. Like, be nice. And I, I know yeah. it's like, I didn't want to be callous about it, but, like, it is what it is, man. These guys were not getting qualifying offers this year. Uh, certain, certainly not. Even when Zach Amon, our guy, Zach Amon, was... <laughs> in i mean his save percentage was like 860 something i saw him face nine shootout attempts all in person he stopped one if we thought mackiniemi had struggles in shootouts uh amond officially made three saves out of nine although two of them were shots that missed the net so he actually only stopped one of nine if we're being serious uh yeah zach amond um I'll, I'll phrase it a, a certain way. I saw it's my pleasure uh, seeing you depart. <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds so mean. It sounds so but, mean. I, uh, like these people are. I, I'm sure he's. A, I'm sure he's a nice dude. But I, I'm sure I, he's a just, terrific guy. I, I just. Yeah. I was never like this. Was a pick that we were never. We were never high on ever. No, even back to our draft show. Go. Yeah. So we haven't mentioned. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you're enjoying yes. the show, we've got gazillion hours of archive footage including the draft that zach amon taken where ian and i both were not so thrilled about that pick no (laughs) no um but i mean this opens up uh magnus krona possibly coming in now uh ben goudreau i think is gonna be due a contract here yeah, or, sorry, Ben, ben Gaudreau is the guy who, like, I, I, I'm curious what they do with him, Godreau. right? Because, yes, Gaudreau. Um, I, I can't, I, I'm curious what they do because he's a guy who I wonder if Sarnia is in the thick of things. Like, is he a guy that plays his overage year? I don't know. Like, again, like, it's so hard because when you look at the way that the Barracuda are set up, right? Like, Right now, James Reimer is still on the team. I think James Reimer is still here after the trade deadline. At this point, I agree. Um, I agree. You know, and I think Kapokakin is still here after the trade deadline. So I don't think there's going to be any movement here. Um, and I think, you know, and this log jam is only going to get worse. 
Because obviously, look at James Reimer. Yeah. You, they, yeah. they probably don't bring him back in the season, or do they? Like, I'm not 100% sold they don't do that because I don't think Kapo Kakinen has shown enough that you, I mean, unless, you know, unless if Mike Greer is just like, we're going to have the worst season ever. Um, and then maybe you, you roll Kapo Kakinen and Mack and Yemi together. And and that's not a that and this is not a slight against Makinemi. I like Makinemi. It just seems like he's their guy so far that they. But even you look at that too, and you hear the rumors, and it sounds like they're not really happy with the goaltending pipeline. So, are they happy with Makinemi? I don't know. Like, and it's just the goaltending is going to be fascinating for this team going forward. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Sorry. Well, you're going to have plenty of opportunities, folks, to come see the uh, the Barracuda in the next month. And I do kind of want to transition to the last topic I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, so there are uh, seven homes here in the month of March, including uh, this weekend, Friday night against Ontario, Saturday against Coachella Valley, the team that the Barracuda played tonight. Uh, I will be there on Saturday night. It is Women of Hockey Night, so that should be pretty cool. I think there's going to be some festivities going on before the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely go check it out. I mean, obviously everyone had a ton of fun at the alumni game um, this past uh, Friday night. And y'all know Texas U Arena is fantastic for arena so let's uh, fill in some seats huh and uh i do want to actually do a little bit of promotional work for the team and there will be a point to this um so throwing up the season graphic ticket, pulling up the graphic all right season tickets are uh, available now season ticket packages to become a battery member i am a battery member and tomorrow i will be renewing my membership um the reason I bring up specifically tomorrow um, is three of the ticket representatives. I thought there were only three. Apparently, there are four or five, but three of them are departing tomorrow, including my rep, Jonathan, and uh, one of the other reps who I, I speak with, Jared. They're both great. They've, they, they have been the best shark slash barracuda ticket reps that i have had in years so i'm actually very upset that they're both leaving it was the last day um so i say get your memberships updated now because uh, i don't know who's going to be there march 1st oh, no. um but it, uh, just for the for the ease of everything Take advantage now. The perks are great. You get the all-star game that's coming to Texas U Arena next year. Um, you know, they have eliminated the VIP package, which was is frustrating for me because I am a VIP member. But uh, when I was speaking, speaking with Jared last, last week, he uh, said that um, I'm actually uh, going to be paying the exact same as I did this season for more games. Uh, because of the particular VIP package, it's all it all depends on the section you sit on and everything like that. But I fall into that that very small <laughs> window where I actually get more games for the same price, which is pretty cool. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I come out. It's a fun get to come talk to me. I like to think I'm jovial, and I'll talk to you during intermission. I'll talk your ear off during intermission. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just just uh, look into it, folks. We want to fill this building up, especially leading into the All Star Game next year. Um, so yeah, I do want to 
Give a shout out to Jonathan and Jared. I, I don't remember the third person who's departing. I've not sp- spoken with them, though. So, But a shout out to them because they did a phenomenal job. Awesome. All right. I'm going to put that down. Um, Anthony Gonzalez in the chat. Since San Jose has multiple undersized forwards coming up next season, does Greer look to move uh, Barabanov this week? Um, I think I think if there's a suitor, I think if someone blows Greer's socks off for anyone at this point, I think they're as good as gone. Um, yeah, I, I think if someone comes and says, Hey, I'm going to give you this and you're going to be Barbanov, I think it's going to happen. That is, I like the spin you put on that, Anthony. I didn't thought of it light. I'm going to go with no because uh, I don't think Eklund, Gushin, etc., should be up with the NHL team yet. So I think Barabanov still absolutely has a role here now. Uh, if you are worried about Barabanov not being able to perform as well because Timo Meyer is gone, maybe you, maybe the Sharks should trade Alex Barabanov right now. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about can Eric Carlson put up that hundred point season when you've got the main the main forward cog gone. Uh, you, I think you can apply the same thing to some of the other forwards, especially Barabanov. Um, mm-hmm. So. I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility. I just, I think they hang on to him. Yeah. I mean, like I, again, I, I'm not, I think if someone gives you, if someone gives you an offer, you can't refuse. You obviously take it being, being as the team is where it is. Um, I think come next season, like look at the, the, the kids weren't going to get, they weren't going to give it a chance. I'm, I don't think that's going to be the case next season. I think next year, at least like your, your top tier, your Eklund and your Bortolos, I think they're going to get a chance to make this team out of camp next year. Do they? I don't know, but I think they'll get, they'll, they'll get a reasonable chance. Whereas I don't think that was ever in the cards this year, but who knows? I'm not sure. (laughs) Mike Rear Rear perplexes me uh, a lot of the times, Um, which is weird because, you know, like when you listen to Mike Rear talk, and I don't want to get too down the weeds here on the Sharks because, you know, that's not what we're here for. Um, But it's funny because when like Mike Rear talks, I agree with a lot of what he says. I just don't like the execution of what he said, like what he, he says all the right things. I feel like when you listen to him in interviews, he says a lot of the right things. It's just, but the execution has been so piss poor. Your thoughts, Kevin. And I'm still, I, I think still out on Mike Greer. Every move he's made, I've been fine with. And as we've spoken about uh, over the last week, a lot, um, you can't just be fine with a move like, trading Timo Meyer, and I think I really think that's the source of everyone's uh dismay over this trade is the Sharks got none of the big prospects not one big prospect or a high draft pick for Timo Meyer. but I don't think it makes the return bad uh you don't have to like it I don't know if I like this trade but I don't think it's the worst and especially if Timo Meyer was not planning to re-sign with the Sharks. Better do it now than yeah. in the offseason when half his value is, I mean, half the return is uh, coming in. Then we're really pissed off about uh, Timo Meyer. All you got was a second and a hook. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I look at, I think with Mike Greer, right? Like, I, I, I do agree. I mean, that's basically the, the thing, right? Like, it's like, this was a situation where I didn't want to be whelmed. I wanted to be like, okay, thank you. Um, yeah. But at the end, you know, but at the end of the day, look at when, when we traded for Eric Carlson, if you go back and watch that show to see how pumped I was that we had Eric Carlson, and oh my God. how, you know, like, look at we, when, 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 look at everyone knows Josh Norris is great now, but when Josh Norris went to Ottawa, like everyone, not just slapdicks like us, a lot of people are like, this guy's maybe a third line center in the NHL. So as, as bad as this looks now, like, again, we thought, we thought this Eric Carlson trade was a fucking slam dunk when it happened. Look where we are now. So I, I'm not saying that this trade is going to end up being that and like we're, you know, and we're going to go back and make fun of New Jersey fans, you know, three years down the road. I'm not I'm not saying that's the case. It, it Chances are it won't be the case, but weirder shit has happened. And I'm that, then that's not me trying to justify not getting good return. That's just me trying to put a little sunshine on it. Because, yeah. man, like I, we've we've. We've been burned before by things that we thought were slam dunks and did not turn out to be slam dunks. The 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 way I I like to look at it, and this be putting a positive spin on it. It's my true feeling is this trade is not about now. This trade is about down the road, yeah. down the road. So why should I be angry and and gonna lynch? Mike Greer with the pitchforks and all this stuff or whatever, whatever I'm trying to say, lynch mob and the pitchforks. Why am I going to do that right now when I don't know how this trade's going to work out? And to me, if trade, even if it doesn't mean the sharks end up with the best odds to win the draft lottery, when it's all said and done, all that matters is that their number gets called in the draft lottery. So, the two ways that this trade is successful is one, you win the draft lottery because this puts you in whatever the winning number is. Yep. Um, or two, all the prospects pan out. Most likely, I mean, the odds are the prospects are going to pan out, but we don't know anything. So, yeah. I mean, AJ last night said, I can't wait in five years to come back at Kevin Lacey and be like, you said this guy would be good. I don't remember his exact words. It was like, <laughs> you said this guy would be good, and now I'm going to shove it in your face. Yeah. Well, you can't do it now, I, is I, my, my feeling. So I'm not going to get angry yet. I might get angry in five years, but yeah, I like Muhammad Doolin. I think he's a taller Mario Ferraro, and last time Is I checked, most Sharks fans love Mario Ferraro. So, I, I, I you're I, like I don't love Mario Ferraro. I used to, man, but uh, <laughs> there's, 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 there's. I don't, I don't know if there's ever been a player who, I, I, I mean, look at for, there hasn't been a player on this team that doesn't wear goalie pads that I think I've turned on this quickly. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. Look, yeah. Look, I, 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 to think, I, I, I don't know. Now, here are my, here are my teal tinted glasses. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with this is I would like to think Mario Ferraro has had a bad season because of all the injuries. Uh, 
I'm curious to see how he'll perform next season with, uh, you know, an actual off season of training and not rehab. Because that is a major thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I look at I would love to I would love for Marfero to turn around. I just I'm scared. I'm scared. Sure. Um, That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think that's pretty much good, right? Uh, EK65 probably wants to look at Eric Carlson. <laughs> Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson is a guy who I think is, is he's so, Eric Carlson amuses me because I think it's, he can say something and it's amazing how it immediately gets like, you can already predetermine how people are going to, how certain people are going to take the context of it and spin it to their to whatever you know what i mean um i don't think eric carlson said anything different today than he said all season like he's always said that he you know he 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 wants to win it's obvious he wants to win obviously watching the team you know look at it was one thing to when you when you keep hurdle and you know you hope that maybe next year you can turn it around now obviously no one with the brain thought that was going to happen but when you see the team you know re-signing a guy like Tomas Hurdle. Like, obviously, it shows, like, they're trying to figure it out. Um, trading a guy like Timo Meyer obviously sends a completely different message. I don't blame him for being disappointed by that, right? Um, look, now, I like Eric Carlson, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Eric Carlson's contract isn't the reason, a big part of the reason we're in this mess to begin with. So... You win some, you lose some with Eric Carlson. I don't know. Uh, you, <laughs> anything you want to add to that, Kevin? No, no, no. I think we're straying too far down. Yeah, the, we, uh, we've, we've gone the, the way sharks down the rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. But I hope we hope. I hope everyone enjoyed the show tonight. Me too. Um, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, be a part of our future shows, as uh, Ian likes to say, and and Puck Guy and so on. Uh, you know, subscribe to the channel. Like, yeah, absolutely. We're, we we have are, a lot. We of are so close to three thousand subscribers. After we're so close. To there 3, you go. And like we had an impromptu show tonight. We did not know that we were going to go an hour and twenty minutes tonight. That's true. So and we you know we decided for, it what twenty minutes before the game ended. We're like, yeah, let's just do a show. Yeah. So uh, you know, if you don't want to be caught off guard, <laughs> and if you're catching this on replay. Uh, do the little alert bell thingy. I don't even know where it is on the on the thing. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna point here and hope I'm correct. It's it's yeah. It's, I think uh, it's under me, but, but that's fine. Okay. Well, anyway, it's you're gonna want to click that bell so that you know the next time we decide. You know what? The Barracuda beat the Texas Stars five to one, and William Eklund had a hat trick, and uh, we're gonna talk about it. You know, something yeah. like that. Get notified. And hopefully we'll bring Nick on next time, too, because we, we always have a good time chatting with Nick. Definitely. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, look at um, the, the schedules being with there. It's, it's it's kind of the all the stars aligned to kind of do this. I'd like to do this a little bit more often because I feel like, you know, we we do our best. I think we, we try our best to cover the Barracuda the best we can on top of everything else that we kind of do. Um, it's hard to it's hard. Look at uh, to do this. To be able to do this on a regular basis, plus after dark, where I do pull, I like, and, and this isn't a shot at anybody. It just these are just facts. I I do like half of the shows, um, so it to to do and 
and sometimes you t sometimes you gif sharks and barracuda games simultaneously in the same night too on the Bar on the teal town usa twitter so right i give so, you credit there yeah like there, there's there's a lot of things that are obviously done behind the scenes and you want to uh, you know the, the phrase happy wife happy life is is a very true thing and i that's that's the golden rule for anybody so obviously you want to make sure that there's you're not just spending all your time here because uh, as much as I enjoy doing this, like, and I, I know sometimes I'm on social media, and I whine and bitch, like I have the worst job ever. And even this isn't, this isn't even a job. It's a hobby. Um, but I, I enjoy it. And I, if I ever come off as like cranky about it, I'm, I'm not, I, I really love doing this. The fact that pe I, I do this and people show up and watch me talk about the Barracuda, which is not even like, like the sharks are kind of a niche team, but like the Barracuda are the niche of the niche. So the fact that we can do this and, and have a, ch a chat that gives us questions and everything else, I mean, it's, it's always amazing to me. Um, so yeah, the, I think that is, uh, that's, that's where we're going to end this year. Uh, so again, I appreciate on behalf of myself, Kevin Lacey, I appreciate you guys coming out, uh, and joining us. And like I said, we'll, try to do some of this i think if the bear could make the playoffs we will do this that is my goal but let's absolutely and let's, uh, let's get them in the playoffs that's that's the key yeah yeah and and kind of just wrapping it up uh in a bow could have fall in overtime four to three great overtime and and the only thing with the overtime was the only shot of overtime was cole lynn's rester on the two-on-one to yeah. win it but i felt like it was just back and forth chance 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 everyone kept missing the net or had turning it over but it was exciting so uh but yeah unfortunately fall to coachella valley uh the rematch will be saturday but first on friday at home against the ontario rain so there you have it all right guys uh again if you ever want to join the show uh subscribe to the channel hit the likes all that leave us a comment in the youtube chat if you are catching this after the fact i always try and hit the youtube chats um i've been a little slacky on it lately but i i on, on this show for sure if you have any question you want to ask in the youtube chat i will do my best to get down there and give you an answer and of course if you want to find everything you can find it all at tealtownusa.com with that thank you for myself from kevin lacy i wish you all a fantastic evening <laughs>